0: Welcome to Brimbank Live on Live FM where your hosts AD and Lydia and we have the lovely Quinn Ha back from Relationships Australia, Victoria.
1: Hi AD, hi Lydia, hello to hey everyone. guys, <laughs> <laughs> nice to be back. <laughs> yes.
0: Nice to be back. Um, so today is a follow on from last week's episode um, as part of our three series or three episode series on family violence. Um, Today, we'll be talking about intervention orders and IVOs, but Quinn, do you want to give us a little recap on some of the things we spoke about last
1: time? Yeah. So last time we talked about um, the definition of family violence, the forms of it, um, you know, what factors cause family violence or or contribute to family violence, um, and some of the, the barriers, cultural barriers, language barriers. Um, you know, systems, metrics, barriers for for people um, who experience family violence in seeking um, help.
0: Yeah, I found all of that stuff really, really interesting because obviously, from I think all of us are from somewhat minority communities and we've mm. at one point or another in our lives, you know, have witnessed or experienced or sourced something that was untoward. And I guess at some moments we didn't know what to do or you know where to get help and and things like that. Um, Lydia what was uh, I guess the most insightful thing that you got out of uh, first session?
2: Yeah I feel like for me that first session really expanded my sort of understanding and like definition of family violence because um, obviously there's a part of it that's just really intuitive like we understand what violence is and what's bad but then just kind of going into that in more depth and understanding that okay this is also family violence and so is this and yeah just it was more so when you lean into the psychological sort of um forms of violence that that started to expand my understanding of the topic so yeah I'm I I found this really really interesting and um yeah I'm I'm excited for this this episode today
0: yeah. And I guess as as young people and us with our limited understanding, I can only imagine, you know, our parents or the older generation and how tough they must um, get things, because we all know about the physical side of things and, and, you know, the physical violence. But when it comes to the psychological and financial and all that jazz, it becomes a little bit more blurred. Um, mm. So that's why we have... Quinn here with us, the expert uh, (laughs) of family violence, um, talking Mm -hmm. to us today about some of the interventions um, available for our victims.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ad. Well, like you say, you know, for for people who experience family violence, they either don't know that they are, you know, experiencing family violence, or if they know a little bit and something's not right, they don't know um, where to get help, mm. Mm. right? So, you know, one of the um, immediate interventions is that if, you know, if you are feeling unsafe, your your children also is unsafe at an immediate risk, call triple zero, call triple mm-hmm. zero. If you don't, speak English and if you have trouble communicating with the the police, even even just, you know, saying the very simple words, please help, Mm. you know. Um, If you are unable to make that call and if possible, run out, ask your neighbours to help you, you know, or... Mm. um, there's, there's also a, a um, you know, a safety plan, a, a simple safety plan, but very, very um, helpful when you need it. Just, you know, pack everything that um, you need every day, everyday things, your medication, yeah. children's medication, important document, a phone charger, you know, things mm-hmm. like that you, that you don't usually think you need to pack unless you need to go somewhere or... or you know there's an occasion but that's part of a safety plan right? okay that's
0: actually really interesting I've never heard yeah. of a safety plan.
2: yeah is that accessible um online for people is it a step by step of or like a really well laid out okay yeah well that's yeah. yeah it's handy for people to know where they can access that and yeah
1: yeah yeah and when um and when you know People who experience family violence call services for help if if it's if they're not at immediate risk and if you know they mm-hmm. can assess that. Look, I can make a phone call to to other services. For example, um, the national service one eight hundred respect. Um, when you call them, there you'll be speaking to a trained counselor who will talk mm-hmm. you through to services available and and what's appropriate and most suitable for you to refer you on.
0: Okay. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, for a lot of people that are listening, they might not know some of these numbers or the contacts or the services. So I'm sure we can put those links up um, for anyone who might need that support. Yeah. Um, can you talk us through a little bit about some of the intervention orders, in
1: like specifically IVOs? Mm. So IVOs actually short for intervention orders. Okay. Um, so there there are two types of intervention orders. So I'll just you know go through step by step um, yeah. in terms of the intervention orders, um, how to apply and how it works. So mm-hmm. for example, um, in the case scenario that if the person's reported to the police um, and the police you're, you're either at the police station or the police attends the home, whether the incidents are, um, and you know, why um, unsafe for for the victim and, and the children, and or um, the police could intervene um, by you know, initially they might issue a um, a safety notice or an L seventeen order, and then um, remove the perpetrator. Okay. In 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 most instances and the police officer could help the victim to apply for the intervention order, so on on the victim's behalf, right? Um, Goes to court and uh, sometimes there's a, um, you know, like a duty lawyer from the police family violence unit um, to represent the victim, or there's a duty lawyer at um, the court the Master Strait Court. Um, here we've got the Sunshine Master Strait Court. And, um, you know, once the intervention orders are finalised and granted, the full exclusion IBO intervention order uh, usually um, does not allow the perpetrator to come near the, the victim or we, the AFM. Uh, the affected family member, okay in the family couples mm-hmm. case. Um, so, you know the perpetrator not allowed to be near the AFM two hundred meter or five hundred meter where uh, or five meter where they live or work. Okay, right. No, so it's contact. like a restraining order restraining order with all these conditions and you know other conditions could include no contact no um uh, you know trying to contact the the victims families friends or getting someone else to do what they cannot do um you know um but just just a reminder that although there are these restricting conditions on the ivo or the intervention order for people who have children there is usually um an exemption like or a condition that allows usually it's the one of the last conditions on the on the paper or on the document that allows the afm and the per- perpetrator to um arrange for or mediate for parenting um, agreements or parenting plans through a lawyer or mediation um, services, for example, at uh, Relationships Australia Victoria in our office in Sunshine, we do have a mediation services. Mm. So usually Mm. in my experience um, working with victims of um, family violence, once they receive the order, and for those who have children, they they automatically, um, you know, just just assume that, oh, I can't even talk to, to my ex-partner about the children now, what do I do? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I actually
2: had a question around that. I was like, if an um, IVO is taken out against someone, does that automatically, you've already answered the question, but does that automatically limit that person from, you know, interacting with their children? Because they've been deemed, I guess, a danger to the other parent. Does it, you know, make it hard for them to like maintain a relationship with their with their child? But I think you've just explained that it still does work in some cases that there will be yeah. that intervention between the parents, but then the children and the parent will still have, or both parents will still have contact with each other. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and that's right. And yeah. you know, in some cases. Um, when when mediation process starts, the mediator needs to also assess. Okay, the the intervention order does allow the parties to to mediate about the children, and I emphasize about the children only. Um, hmm. There needs to be an assessment done. It's like there are other factors that you know can determine uh, is mediation. Suitable or appropriate, but you know, I guess mm. um, uh, mediation is also a big topic. Itself. In itself, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah
2: listening, absolutely.
0: you're listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM with your guests Ad and Lydia, uh, with your hosts <laughs> Ad and Lydia. <laughs> and your guests. Queen, uh, but you know, she's doing so well; she might as well just be the host with and. The host, it. <laughs> I mean, I'm really interested to know. I mean, I understand the IVOs have their conditions and whatnot and you can only, you know, speak about the children. But how effective are they really? Does it actually keep perpetrators away or is it just a piece of paper that is usually just thrown to the side?
1: Well, that's a good question, AD. Um I can only speak for, you know, in, in my experience of working um, with Victims and survivors of family violence who had intervention orders in place. Um, I'll talk about the other type of um, intervention order just a bit later on. But um, look, there are and there have been IVO breaches um, where where the perpetrators, um, you know, uh, just doesn't follow the condition. Uh you know, try to try to contact the the AFM or try to get their family and friends to contact mm. the AFM. And I always I used to always um you know highlight or, or stress that when there are IVO breaches, it is important to report it to the police, you know, and, um, so that they can record the pattern, you know, how many breaches, what type of breaches, you know, it's just, it just helps, um, the police to investigate, to gather evidence. And, um, you know, when the person is served with an IVO, it's a civil matter, Mm. but, when there are breaches of the IVO, it becomes a criminal matter. And at the court, when when um, the IVO is uh, finalized, both parties, you know, are informed of the responsibilities and the rights of both parties. So it seems
2: like it's in the person's like best interest to actually comply with the IVO because on the if they don't there's, you know, ramifications the with the legal system which will make their situation worse. So I imagine that there are breaches but then there's a lot of deterrence, like there's a lot of deterring factors um, yeah. there.
1: Yeah. That's right. And, you know, um, I've seen situations where, uh, where there are cross-intervention orders. What does that mean? For example, um, okay, for example the um so just going back to you know the police attendance incident for example and um goes to court ivo is is um, is served to the perpetrator and then shortly or not long after the afm also gets um a notice uh-huh. that an intervention order application has been uh yeah, against, lost them. Against, against them you know uh, or in some in some situations um already fi- finalized and in cases like that where the afm actually had no idea right and you know if their children involved and the afm called the other party just about the children you know just not knowing anything about the 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 IVO being served um, against them then Mm. you know the other party could report that this person has breached the IVO so it gets complicated
0: yeah do you think do you think that the perpetrator serving the IVO to the affected member or the the victim is Another way of control because that's what it sounds like to me.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Or you know, there are also cases where um, uh, the the intervention orders take longer to to finalise because it could go to many many types of court proceedings, um, and you know the the one that you know. Can drag on and on that causes a lot of distress I suppose for both parties but especially the AFM is that the contested hearing where you know um, the perpetrator or the respondent in the application want to contest the um, the, the IVR.
2: And I feel like in from what I've heard um, there can also be circumstances correct me if I'm wrong where um, an affected person has like an IVO like served against them because they aren't like, so before they're able to do it, I've heard of scenarios where, um, you know, there's a lot of lying and manipulation that kind of revolves around these issues anyways, when you're talking about violence and family. So sometimes I've heard that the per, the first person that um, serves the IVO isn't necessarily the the victim in all, in all circumstances. Perhaps they've, you know, been warned by the other person or threatened by the other person that they would take this action if it got further but then you know as a way of controlling the situation I've heard of yeah basically the perpetrator like serving the IVO first um, mm-hmm. I know it's probably a lot more rare but I think it can happen because um, one thing that I would love to understand is like how what, what do you like what do you have to kind of say or prove to even successfully get this IVO, if, if that makes sense? Like, can you just get an IVO, you know, against anyone because you just don't feel comfortable and that's a subjective feeling and belief? Or do you know, do you have to kind of, does the perpetrator have to tick a few boxes before the court says, yeah, okay, we're going to give this IVO?
1: Yeah. Well, like I say, going back to the scenario that I gave um, earlier, if if the afm or you know the person is feeling unsafe at the time and or their children and the police attend the the scene you know they yeah in some situation there's there's no there's no yeah, excuses or there's no like getting away because it's there. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah there's physical injuries there's things everywhere mm. um you know like obviously an abusive situation just happened, violent also right but
0: then won't it like right, become when
1: you know yeah it's psychological or it's something yeah. else that's
0: not so physical
1: so then if if it's not so physical the you know cuz last time we talked about all forms of family violence yes. um psychological emotional social the afm could still Apply for the intervention order um, without, you know, physical form of family violence, and then, like I say, in in cases like that, the um, the perpetrator wants to contest, you know, and but then but also at that's when that's when legal help um, um, exists, you know, the the duty lawyer or the um, the woman's legal service Victoria. Uh, to To help the AFM to to prove that look, I am a victim of family violence and I feel unsafe around this this person. Mm. Yeah, and look, there 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 have been IVOs um, um, granted. In fact, full exclusion IVOs, um, you know, on the grounds of emotional psychological and social and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, financial Mm -hmm.
2: So so you say it's also, you say it's a civil matter initially when the IVO is being um, served. Does that mean that it's, um, you know, you have to prove them guilty and they're innocent until then? Or is it like, you know, you, you said that then it's a legal matter and now they're getting help to prove that, you know, they have the grounds for it. Is it similar to the criminal way, where like the the perpetrator is innocent until proven guilty?
1: Uh, well, it's or a criminal. It's a criminal matter when when an IVO is granted, but then it's breached.
2: Yeah, right? I'm talking a few steps before that, when someone's trying to take the IVO out against someone, and it's not a yeah. it's not a circumstance where you know the police have rocked up to a scene and it's very clear what has happened. Um, yeah. ha- is that yeah? Is a perpetrator considered innocent until proven guilty in that situation?
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, and and that's when, like I say again, that's when the 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 magistrate has to make a call. Yeah. Um, and the decision.
0: Mm. Okay. And I I think, you know, magistrates or whoever that grants these <laughs> um, intervention orders would sympathize more with women because obviously women go through higher rates of domestic violence. But, you know, for me, I always, and I'm a woman too, you know, shout out to all women,
2: (laughs) but I always (laughs)
0: empathize with men. Like I've really experienced a lot of men in my life who have experienced what I would consider family violence, you know, but it might not be physical or you might not see anything, but they're completely broken. And I don't know if a judge would be able or would just so easily grant something like that or, you know, do you think it's harder for men to go out and get IVOs against, you know, their female partners most of the time or is it equal in, in, in the eyes of the law?
1: Well, look, you know, last time we did talk about how uh, it's difficult for men who experience Family violence to to seek help in the first place, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I I I actually don't know for sure if you you know they are more easily granted for for men who apply for intervention orders, um, but I I suppose again the magistrate has to make that call. Does he or she believe that? This person, this individual, is a victim of family violence, based on what's been provided, what's been um, stated and indicated in the in the application. You know, mm. uh, just going back to leader's question or point just earlier. So before you know a um, an intervention order is finalised, in between there uh, usually would be an interim order. Um, just you know look just stating all the conditions that I, I mentioned earlier um, that in the meantime, while this order or this um, case is finalized, the, the respondent is not allowed to um, commit such such and such. So there is an interim order okay in, in the process. Okay.
0: Uh, If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM with your hosts, Lydia and AD, and our very special guest, Queen Ha. (laughs) And uh, we were just talking about um, intervention orders and how easy it is um, to get what you need to kind of prove to get those and whether, you know, there's a difference between men and women uh, when trying to get these IVOs out.
1: Mm. Um, I just also wanted to talk a little bit about, um, still, you know, on on the topic of intervention orders, um, I have worked with um, cases where, you know, an incident happened, um, the actual victim um, sp- doesn't speak any English, um, and you know, the perpetrator calls the police. Police at ten, and then the story that's told to the police is different. Mm. You know, by the perpetrator by the perpetrator um, when there are no access to interpreters, where, mm. where the victim does mm. not get the chance to, you know, report what actually happened. Mm. And then um, the victim actually gets removed from home, right? Because in, in, you know, in the perpetrator's side of the story, the victim is actually the perpetrator. The perpetrator. Yeah. But fortunately, you know, um, when this goes to court, the actual victim Gets legal representative from, from let's say, let's just say, um, the duty lawyer from the court talks about what happened and then
0: they realize,
1: they realize, they realize, oh, mm. that's what happened. Well, maybe mm. you can
0: answer then, um, you know, with people who are from non English speaking backgrounds or speak very limited English, how can they reach these services that are being provided for
1: victims then? Well, um, let's say like at relationships Victoria um, Australia Victoria if we receive a call you know um, our our admin would you know try to 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 help um, the person who calls um, by all means and usually uh, let's say you know if, if there's a Vietnamese um, there's a Vietnamese um, pa- client then admin would probably get me to help return the call if not if not um interpreter you know like it's hard it's really hard but um if the person who calls could at least say like their name or even just just leave their number and you know i need help the language and then we'll try to to call Back and try to get um, the person to to access pro- appropriate services. But like I say, in immediate risk situation, call triple zero.
0: Mm.
1: And I mean, there are other services like um, like the statewide services like Safe Steps for for um, you know victims who who need uh, crisis accommodation and support and then there's the statewide family violence service in touch multicultural center against family violence they work with women from um, cultural and um, diverse linguistic backgrounds Um, and then there are local services like um, you know women's health west the orange door Hubs, Berry street and I guess um, you know there are there are more, but um, mm. yeah. But when I also mentioned earlier, when if they do call one eight hundred respect and and talk to the um, the counselor on the on the phone, then you know they would be talked through your appropriate supports and and services.
0: It's just scary, you know. <laughs> if I was in such a situation with very limited English, it kind of doesn't give me that much hope that if I call someone in the other line, is going to be able to understand what I'm saying. And in that time, I have to still stay at home with the perpetrator, you know. Mm. And I know that there's a lot of services out there, but it just makes it hard when there isn't, you know, services or translators.
2: Yeah, translators attached to these services. Yeah.
1: Well, well, actually... Mm the majority of services like the specialist family violence services do have translators and in, in, interpreters yeah um you know it's just the yeah, first I so, actually yeah no they are they are i i yeah. um i need to confirm they are okay uh it's just that <laughs> you know not it it's probably not practical and not realistic for every single specialist service to have their admin or the first point of contact to pick up the phone mm. in all kind of languages. Yes, that makes sense, right? But then, you know, the intake process, um, the uh, the yes, the intake process, they would need to use an interpreter to to get to do the assessment. Mm. You know, to talk to the clients and then you know their kids get allocated to appropriate support okay so just confirming
0: guys (laughs) i don't spread misinformation there are interpreting services attached to most of these services but it's obviously not first point of contact you have to just make that first point of contact ask for help and then from then you know Mm -hmm. you get supported in whichever way needed yes exactly yes okay okay we're all on the same page (laughs) um and you know with COVID the past two years that COVID has been going on I think there's been a string of new challenges that has now you know come on board especially in the family violence space can you talk us through some of the issues or some of the new issues that have arisen since COVID became a thing
1: well um first of all you know with um all the restrictions that we have been living with in the last, what, two years, right? Um, That also meant that, you know, um, uh, the, the victims of family violence are now spending more time with the perpetrators, right? Which means there's even, you know, that it reduces the, the, um, the ability for them to leave mm. or to seek help. Um, and on the other hand, increases control, um, you know, um, monitoring. Or, like, again, going back to what, what we were talking about in, in our last episode, you know, checking their phone, who are you calling? Um, you know, who are you seeing? All the social, um, um, you know, control, and sp- being stuck in the house together with the perpetrator increases, you know,
2: yeah,
0: all of that, and just yeah. there of being in each other's space like yeah, twenty four seven,
1: yeah, yeah, and and the um um the australian institute of health and welfare did a research and found that um you know family violence started or has started and or escalated um you know in the during the pandemic wow yeah mm.
2: you know, the, the what do the, you think the correlation is is it just the more time spent together look more at home time and sp- the stress
1: yeah more time spent and and you know this this is this is really sad but it's true this is really sad but it's true that you know we 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 know that in times of stress and hardships and 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 struggle mm. this should not be an excuse for violence to happen mm. unfortunately it does mm. yeah in times of you know stress and hardship. And um and I I I think the correlation is that, you know, let's say um the perpetrator using COVID nineteen as an excuse for yeah. their for their behavior, for their um you know their violence. And probably
2: intersects with, you know, other issues such as like increased alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. uh, which probably was happening yeah mental health issues Um, Mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of yeah intersections there that contribute to family violence taking place in the house over the COVID period Um, which is I I love how um, one of the extra reasons for leaving the house was and it's good to reiterate that um, despite like you know during the stage four lockdown we had only like a few reasons to leave the house but Throughout the whole period, it was always if you felt yeah. unsafe, yeah, that you were yeah. able to leave the house.
1: Yeah, that's right, that's right. And you know, like mm, leaving with um, or, or spending more time with with um, the perpetrator also could mean that you know there's um, a chance or or, or uh, an opportunity for the perpetrator to really just like withhold um accurate information about the pandemic, you know, from from mm. from the victims or misinform mm. them. Especially if you don't understand the language. If you don't understand exactly. the language. Yeah. If you're already um you know controlled about knowing what's mm. happening out there. You know, misinformation yeah. about the pandemic could be used to even um, isolate. Yeah,
2: mm, I've heard mm. of that actually as being a scenario. Um, mm. You know, kind of like taking control over, say, the wife who doesn't speak English, like her bank, her bank card when she's getting money from the government, managing mm. the bank, not controlling mm. just all the input and even the output um, mm. of her of what would usually be hers and entitled mm. to her. Um mm. and then language being that main tool mm. to like um, yeah. manipulate and control,
1: yeah, and even even you know like essential um things such as you know preventing them from from seeking medical help for when they have symptoms by mm. by just keeping their medicare card from from them, well, wow. you know uh, taking their um, mm. devices,
2: yeah. They're or, not able to contact.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, ex-partners of um, of the victim survivors of family violence um, could emotionally manipulate them into, you know, letting them back into the house, back into their life, uh,
2: mm.
1: you know, using the children. I could help with the children. Mm. You know? That's so true. So true. Yeah. And, you know, I guess when we talk about
0: all of this stuff, we're always trying to figure out ways to better support the victims Um, but I'm a strong believer in also trying to help you know people who who do the wrong thing because sometimes it's a psychological issue it's a mental health issue it's something that needs to be addressed whether it's a you know trauma you came from war or you know you saw your own parents um, committing Mm -hmm. such acts and therefore Mm -hmm. generational situation so who gets to help these perpetrators you know kind of understand themselves I I haven't really heard of many Mm. services that kind of do that Mm. but I know that relationships Australia Victoria are starting something really exciting and I think really important do you want to talk to us about that
1: yes yes Um, just before that though um, there is a, a men's referral service for for men who use family violence um, and, you know, they, they can call and like, like you say, and it's true that there are limited services for men who use family violence at this point, but um, there is that service, that referral service for, for when they call and, you know, um, they will, probably would be directed to appropriate services. What is it called? Uh, just the general, um, uh, it's called Men's Referral Services. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but for, for us at Relationships Australia Victoria, um, recently there is a new program for, for men um, who are perpetrators of family violence um, and the program aims to engage with them to help them and identify the the main changes, you know, that that would help them to, you know, it's about um, taking responsibility for f- you know for for their behaviors the, for their action, and um, to help them change their their behaviors and uh, so you know. They would have an assessment, and uh, they would have their own case manager who would work with them for about twenty hours um, during the case management time, to um, you know, to uh, coordinate access and address issues like um, physical and mental health issues, uh, drugs and alcohol misuse, accommodation issues. Um, financial difficulties, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and you know, and the, the I guess the other important component of the program is education on family violence, you know, yeah. the impact of family violence on their family members. You know, they 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 need to know that um, the impact of it on their children. You know, um, and um, the main part also of the program is that the central part of the program is, you know, the safety of the uh, children and their partners. So then, um, you know, we, we have the partner contact service where there would be a um, worker to engage with the partner of the man who's in that program. To, to make sure that they are safe and they can access support and services. So that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, I think it's really, really necessary. Um, have you found that,
1: you know, men have
0: been picking up that phone and making, you know, referring themselves or has it been a part of like an intervention order that they have to, you know, do some hours
2: well, in I, the program?
1: I, um, I am not, uh, you know part of that work, mm-hmm. but um, from, from what I understand from my colleague from um, the family violence team or that program in particular, uh, there were referrals. There were referrals um, and I, I, I think they've been busy. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> well, I mean, that's – I believe that's a really good start, um, you know, and it's, you know, ultimately to – to help them, but also to to get them to be safe so that their families, uh, be safe for their family to be around with.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a fantastic start and I hope this uh, pilot yeah. program, you know, is distributed all around yeah. Australia and hopefully
1: mm.
0: around the world. I don't know, you know, what the international... Um,
1: countries are doing but it yeah. just seems amazing and I've never heard of you know anything like it mm, at the moment we've got the service in sunshine and um Q and Boronia okay yeah. okay and hopefully more in the future oh mm. that's amazing well, it's I-
2: a holistic approach you know to attacking the issue so it's definitely worthwhile yeah mm. yeah.
0: yeah I mean I think you gave us so much information today and I'm sure um, all of our listeners are going to gain some valuable um, insights from this and, you know, some of the interventions that they can go and seek if they need support, um, that there are interpreters, um, if need be, from whatever culture, so you shouldn't be afraid to pick up the phone and make those contacts. Um, My biggest thing is have, what was the safety plan? Safety plan bag? Charges are important, guys. <laughs> they are so Charges important. Charges are important, yeah. medicine,
2: the- phone.
1: phone. Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's that's enough for us to get our head around for one session. Um, if you were listening, this was Brimbank Live on Live FM with your hosts, A.D. and Lydia, and our Relationships Australia Victoria expert, Quinn Ha. Um <laughs> Stay tuned for our very next session, um, or our very last one um, on our Family Violence series, coming to you soon.